Welcome aboard the Fourth Watch, which is a series of podcasts sponsored by the good people at Fair Mormon, of which I, your host, Ned Skarsbrick, am a volunteer. And as always, my views and opinions are my own and may not reflect those of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or that of Fair Mormon. However, they have been proven to be correct on occasion. So with that said, let's uh, move on to today's topic. Today's topic. I use the question of why are Mormons prejudiced for several reasons. Well, one of the reasons is like all human beings, we have our own personal preferences about everything in life from soup to nuts. An old phrase that some of you may not be familiar with, depending on your age. So what does it mean? Soup to nuts is an American English idiom. No, not idiot, you dolt. Idiom. A representation of something else. It's about conveying the meaning of from beginning to end. It is derived from the description of a full course dinner in which courses progress from soup to a dessert of nuts. You happy now? A little on the cranky side there, Brother Ned. Well, I just took my medication and it will take a while before it kicks in. So just let me do this, okay? Okay. There are things, people, ideas, and places that you may like but others do not. You're prejudiced against the ocean. No, I just prefer the mountains over the ocean. It has nothing to do with being prejudiced. Want to talk about politics? Did you feel the hair on the back of your neck raise up a little bit? It was prejudiced now. A lot of things in life are what we call, or what I call, personal preferences, and have nothing to do with right or wrong, good or bad. When it comes to real prejudice, we need to define what we're talking about. The dictionary is a good basic tool for definition, so let's look at what the language experts have to say. Prejudiced. Prejudiced is prejudgment, or forming an opinion before becoming aware of the relevant facts. The word is often used to refer to preconceived, usually unfavorable, judgments towards people or a person because of gender, political opinion, just talked about that, social class, age, disability, religion, sexuality, race, ethnicity, language, nationality, or other personal characteristics like weight and or looks. It can refer to a positive or negative evaluation of another person based on their perceived group membership. Prejudice can also refer to unfounded beliefs and may include any unreasonable attitude that is unusually resistant to rational influence. Mr. Gordon Allport defined prejudice as a feeling favorable or unfavorable toward a person or thing prior to or not based on actual experience. A little dry, but uh, a basic good definition in my view, which may be colored by my own prejudice about experts and their opinions. So what is the point here? What are you going to do with this, Brother Ned? Glad you asked. I just happen to have an answer. Not long ago, I was watching the BYU channel with my wife, and a TV program came on called An Evening with Blank and the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. It was a famous musician and singer who almost everybody knows. 
It was a very moving experience. My wife and I really enjoyed it. So who is he? Not going to tell you now. You'll have to wait a few minutes so I can set up one of the reasons I put this episode together. After the show, my mind started moving in the direction of what ifs. What if this or that had happened? What if this or that hadn't happened? As some of you may know, I'm an avid fan of 50s and 60s music, and an up-and-coming musician, singer, during this time came to mind. You probably don't know him or won't remember him after this podcast because his life was cut short. Let's start with something you might be familiar with. He wrote this song. If you haven't heard this famous song, you might be living in a tuna can. Then again, if you're listening to this podcast, you just might have access to the internet so you can listen to the entire song if you like. The next clip is a little more, well, let's say, uh, esoteric in the uh, doo-wop genre of this era. He is singing in this one, but in the background with a falsetto voice. for the voice he is most noted for. How about that voice? He was a remarkable talent. His son once told a story about him that his grandmother told him about his dad. One day her stove door just broke off and couldn't be fixed, so wanting to help his mother, he went upstairs and wrote some songs. Well, how could that help? He was so talented that even at a young age, he could sell his songs and agents would buy them. He took a few of his songs downtown and got a few dollars for them, and then went to the appliance store and had them deliver a new stove to his mom. How many kids would do that today? Just the kind of man he was. Well, the story goes that while doing a concert in Arkansas, some of the good old boys who didn't like 
his kind, slashed the tires of his car. Back then, this was in the late 50s, and prejudice was a common commodity. Many of the performers during this time were his kind and becoming popular. Can't have that. Their kind becoming equal with our kind? So several groups had their tires slashed to let them know they were not welcome. Now, because a lot of things in life are about money, and the promoters told the locals to knock it off, or they would suffer the financial consequences of their actions, they got, uh, they got clever. Not to be deterred from keeping their kind away from our kind, they started slashing tires on the inside instead of the outside. And not enough to actually cause the tires to deflate, but when driving on the road, the slashes over time would cause a blowout away from the concert town. Well, on this occasion, things went real bad. The singer, his wife, another singer and musician in the back seat, and the driver were involved in a tragic accident which resulted in the death of this talented man and his wife along with the driver. The passenger in the back seat survived, and when the highway patrol showed up, the officers told the surviving member of the crash that this was more than just an accident. That ended the slashing of tires. Concert performers hired people to watch over their vehicles, and inspections were made before anybody drove away from any venue. But the accident was never investigated. Why, you may ask? It's like this grieving mother said to her grandson. The reason this accident was not investigated was because he was just one more dead end blank. Now, I would guess that you're probably offended by this term. I know I am. I didn't use the full term. My wife suggested that it's too offensive, and discretion being the better part of valor, I decided not to use the term. The term that was used during this era to describe one of their kind. On the 6th of February, 1960, Jesse Belvin was killed by prejudice. Times have changed. We have become better as a culture and a country. Too late for Jesse Belvin, but not too late for Alex Boyle. Those of you who follow the Mormon Tabernacle Choir may be aware of Mr. Alex Boyle, who is one of the three black men who sing in the choir, and he has done several solo songs that have been part of CDs produced by the choir. This is where a night with blank and the Mormon Tabernacle Choir comes into play. You just might know this artist. Shower the people you love with love Show them the way that you feel tonight Things are gonna be just fine If you only will now All I mean to say to you Is to shower the people you love with love Show them the way you feel Things are gonna be much better If you only Yep, that's James Taylor. 
What if the lesson he is singing in this song had existed in February of 1960? Perhaps Jesse Belvin would have been spared a premature death. Perhaps he would have become the next Nat King Cole or Johnny Mathis. If you don't know who these guys are, check them out on the web. Lots of great songs by these exceptionally talented men you should become familiar with. Now what does this all have to do with defending the gospel? Until 1978, blacks could not hold the priesthood in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Why? The official reason is, we're not sure. I don't like that answer, and I would suppose that there are many who are not satisfied with that answer either. We want clarity. Could it have been prejudiced? Could it have been that our progress and a culture and a country we were not ready because of our prejudice? Could have been a lot of things. You would think that the Lord would not allow our ignorance or prejudice or anything else to get in the way of His work. But our limited view of His purposes can cause to judge incorrectly. What does it say in Romans 8.8? For we know that God causes all things to work together for our good, according to His purpose. doesn't say according to what we think He should do or when we think He should do it. I believe in a God who will never cheat anyone out of anything when it comes to eternity. All the injustices in this life will all be made right in the next life. Every tear shall be dried. Every injury will be healed and every opportunity extended to every son and daughter of our Father in Heaven for life with Him in eternity. But we are not in Heaven yet. Duh! So in this life, in this world, we will have to deal with inequalities because of the limitations of being mortals. Duh! Tell us something we don't know. In whom do you put your trust? I put my trust in God, not in the church or its leaders. So, uh, Brother Ned, uh, when is your uh, church uh, disciplinary council scheduled? Uh, You may have misunderstood my statement. I put my trust for my salvation in the Savior, not in an organization or a man. That's what Nephi said in Scripture. Well, what about the church? When it comes to church affairs, it's not my job to decide what they do, say, don't do, or don't say is right or wrong. My job is clear. It's to carry out the inspired directions of those who are called by the Lord to lead His church to the best of my ability. In the final judgment, I would think that we will receive in heaven at least as based in part on how we responded to His church. The church is a tool the Lord uses to implement His gospel, not an entity worthy of our worship. Does that make better sense now? Moses acted with limited light. So did Peter, James, and John. And I would think that Joseph Smith, Brigham Young, 
worked with limited light. And yes, even Thomas S. Monson works with limited light in our day and age. There are yet many things that pertain to the dispensation of the fullness of times not yet revealed. Uh, the Brother Ned paraphrase of the Ninth Article of Faith. So where do we go from here with our limited knowledge and understanding? We move forward with the light we have to gain further light and knowledge. Does that sound right? My next point on this subject is as follows. There are people in the world today who want to thrust their light and knowledge upon others and make them accept new definitions of existing words like, oh, uh, let's say, who is the real God? And if you don't believe just the way we believe, then you deserve death. With such, there is no reasoning, no negotiations, no rational dialogue. The only thing they understand is death and destruction. We had a name for such people a long time ago, but the term has fallen out of favor in our modern age. Barbarians. The Chinese built a great wall that stretches literally thousands of miles to protect themselves from the Mongol hordes that invaded their country. In more recent times, there was Idi Amin of Uganda, Pol Pot in Cambodia, and the most likely well-known barbarian, Adolf Hitler, and the Nazi regime of World War II. Who should wear the title of barbarian today? How about the purveyors of pornography? Don't they seek to destroy and kill morality? What if, another of my what-ifs, what if we talked about them as barbarians, moral barbarians? Just might help our fight with this enemy. Who wants to be associated with barbarians? I know that being a barbarian is a far cry from being prejudiced, but how many have been wounded and died from the prejudice cry of, We aren't having their kind polluting our kind? Times change. When you look back at the 1960s, can you imagine being a father or mother of an 18-year-old daughter listening to some good-looking black man singing love songs and she is smiling and moving to the music and you live in uh, Redneck City, Mississippi? I just made that up. There is no city in Mississippi named Redneck, so don't send me any angry responses saying I'm picking on old Miss just an example of the times in which they lived. We are moving on. We are becoming a better people. So how about we give the past a pass on their society and focus on what we can do today in our time? Is it prejudiced to be against gay marriage? Are you a bigot if you oppose men being married to men and women being married to women? Is this the new civil rights of our day? Who gets to decide how terms are defined? If I want to expand a meaning of a word to include something that it never meant in the history of the entire planet, who has to accept my new definition? Everyone? In my view, which is again colored with my own personal preferences, I'm not fond of words that have different meanings, which are spelled the same in 
vocalized the same, like bureau. Is bureau a writing table, a chest of drawers, or a government agency? The answer is yes. What? Who decided that? My least favorite word in English is cleave. It means both to bind together and unite, and to cut apart or separate. What nitwit made that decision? So it is with the definition of marriage. Throughout the history of the world it has meant a union of a man and a woman. Don't change it to mean something else. Why can't a man marry a cat or a can of tuna if marriage can mean whatever we want it to mean? How dumb is that? Just another example of Brother Ned's mean-spirited, homophobic prejudice. No, I just want words to have a clear meaning. You want to muddy the waters with definitions? Where does it stop? Can't we have a conscientious objector status because of our faith tradition? No, you have to believe what we want you to believe. Then who decides what side is the side you have to believe or you're labeled a prejudiced bigot? I know, let's change barbarian to uh, behaviorally challenged, socially misunderstood. And we can give them an FLA, you know, a four-letter acronym, uh, BCSM. These uh, BCSMs need our help and support, not our criticism and judgment. We need to all work together. So uh, let me know how that works for you when... uh, you are vaporized from an atomic bomb blast, either symbolic or literal. We just can't change the meaning of words to accommodate some special interest without changing the foundational principles of language. English is already pretty messed up with multiple meanings for the same words. Next thing you know, BCSMs will be raiding our homes and we will be expected to report them to Social services for more counseling at taxpayers' expense. We all need to work together. No, there are some standards in life that need protecting, and the definition of marriage is one of those standards. Brother Ned, you are pushing this too far. You're getting snarky and a little uh, sadistic, uh, sarcastic. Okay. Let's get back to the James Taylor clip and the Tabernacle Choir event at the beginning of this podcast. Here's the clip. Shower the people you love with love. Show them the way that you feel tonight. Things are going to be just fine if you only All I mean to say to you is to shower the people you love with love. Show them the way you feel. Things are going to be much better if you only will. Did you hear the message? Do you believe the message? The Savior's love will make things much better if we will only allow him to show us his way. Sounds like the waves of life are calling us to go forth 
with a steadfast focus on our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to carry out His will. Officer of the Watch, Post the Navy Hymn, sung by Sandra Schmidt, Bonnie Skarsbrick, Steve Hatch, and David Reese. Eternal Father, strong to save. 